I will praise thee, O Jah, with all my heart. I will ever praise thee continually. Welcome to Understory, WA's environmental radio program. Today on the show, we're taking a trip to Jamaica and deep into Roots Reggae. I've got legendary Roots Reggae artist and Rastafarian Pablo Moses on the line from Kingston. We'll be talking about how the natural environment is important to the Rastafarian faith and to Moses' music. Later, I chat with Ian Scobie, the director of Earth Station, a new environmental music festival taking place next month in South Australia, as well as with Mr. Savona from Melbourne, one of the acts performing at the festival. But first, to Pablo. It seems like some of your music is uh, is conscious of the importance of the natural world, and uh, I wanted to ask you which places inspire you. you. Which um, where does jazz inspiration come to you? Well, you know, like I say, I consider myself a writer. I love to write songs, so. Uh, at all times, I'm always putting out my tentacles um, to, to to find new concepts and ideas, which is um, based on realities, etc. And um, I just um, saw that it was necessary um, that um, for those songs to be written, um, because when I see um a lot of destruction that is taking um, place on the earth um um and in the ocean um you know um and, you know the whole atmosphere and i think that um and it's totally contrary to to mother nature so um i we have to really ex- you know talk about it and let our voice be heard um try to educate people about it in that respect so my my ideas for writing songs come from various um, inspirations. I'm inspired by um, people, the way they move. I'm inspired by, you know, um, by even watching a movie or watching a TV show or even the news. I, you know, I'm inspired by reading something in the newspaper. So yeah. it varies. You know, uh, it seems like uh, there's a tradition of, in Jamaica, of Rasta communities being in the country, up in the hills, in in rural communities, why uh, why do you think this is? Why do the Rasta live in the country? Well, not only that, you have to understand. Say, well, you know, the Rasta parents prefer the natural, um, you know, um, things uh, in, in life. Um, we mostly eat um, ital. We we mostly eat. What is, what is uh, ital food? Um, what is ital food? Ital food is when you cook no salt. There are no salt and no additives and no preservatives in your food. Um, you know, so it is ital because it's totally natural. Um, right. So you just cook it that way in a natural form and eat it in a natural form. Um, so and we like to have a lot of juice. We love 
you know, um, our own food because it's more organic. Where you find that most of the time when you're in the city, you have to be buying certain foods sometimes, like your tomato or your your spinach or your kalaloo, which is a, a kind of spinach that is in Jamaica. Um, I think it is um, um, only in Jamaica we get this kalaloo, but you know, these things occur, etc. So it's a, we love to get the organic form because it's natural. Right. You know, so we like to be in the, the country also, not only for the food, but also for the the, the air, the, the, the natural air, especially in the mountains, because I gaze up to my to the hills from whence coming my health. My health coming from the Lord God, Jarastafar, I would dwell up in the highest region of Mount Zion. So it's always better to be that way. Yeah, I was I was listening to some of your songs, and uh, I was listening to a song called TikTok, and uh, you know the lyrics, uh, "Let's preserve creation. We, we have an obligation to evolution." This uh, this has a message of you know resistance in the face of global pollution, environmental destruction. When when was this song written? That song was written around nineteen. It was 1990, 1996 or something like that. Was, do you think this song was... Yeah, do you think this song was responding to anything in the news at the time? or What what was the inspiration? Why did you write this song? Well, like I told you, I think that um, I was explained before because I see so much um, destruction of, uh, of the natural um, habitats of animals. Um, um, it's always on the discoveries on the news up in up in the North Pole, and the glaciers are melting um, faster than I normally do. And you know, um, so the polar bears have to be finding new habitat. Um, you have a problem also with this, um, oil spills in the oceans, which is making the fish then um, have to move to different habitats also. Um, people are building houses also in animal habitats, um, taking away the natural um, elements from the animals, at the same time imposing on the animals. And when the animals come around, they, just, they kill the animals, they destroy the animals. So um, I, those are the things that inspired me to write that song. There are many uh, proverbs in your music. You think music should be more than entertainment? I think it should be um, inclusive of all things because I don't really think, I don't consider myself as an entertainer. Um, if someone wishes to be entertained by what I do, then fine. But I do continue my, consider myself as an artist. Um, an activist in, in a sense that um, the voice of the of the mass in the sense that a lot of people do not get the opportunity as poor people to come on the radio or even go on a kind of CD or 
you know, a compact gift or anything, you know, order to say something. So I think that um, since I have the opportunity to do that, then I think I should um, carry the message for them too, to echo their voices while at the same time satisfying myself and, and contributing positive um, to the music and to, um, to society in a whole. Corrupted man's heart is a ghetto A righteous man's heart is a paradise Yeah, Corrupted man's heart is a ghetto A righteous man's heart is a kingdom you, you say in one of your songs that a corrupted man's heart is a ghetto. Do you think that getting rich through, yeah. through trampling on the environment leads to a corrupted heart? Yeah, yeah, because if you check it out, um, people that throw toxic waste in the, in, 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 the, in the ocean and also toxic waste in certain lakes and certain um, and ponds or, or river or whatever, or even in the soil, then they're contributing negatively to the, to, to, to the environment. And, and, and also... It's not where the person comes from, I think, is a ghetto. It's, it's just, to me, it's a name that is branded, a belittled name that they put on people because they're poor. I mean, because they cannot afford the luxurious, um, um, luxurious um, habitat that they have or residence. So they, they, they just brand those people as being um, living in the ghetto. I think that if you think positive and think clean and love um, thy neighbor as thyself, which is everyone, then then you are you you are you are clean. But if you think corruptedly and be a victimizer, a discriminator and you're a you're a person that, that you know, you wish to impose on other people's rights such as invasions and etc and war unnecessary, then your heart is corrupted. That's the ghetto I think. That's right. the really ghetto. Right. All right. Well, um, it's been an honor talking with you, Pablo. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. And I hope we might win as a boot again in the future. You know? Yeah, I hope so. Maybe in Jamaica one day. <laughs> yeah. That was Pablo Moses, yeah, internationally yeah, renowned from- roots yeah. reggae artist on the line from Jamaica. Enough respect to all the people of Australia and especially to all their roots reggae lovers. One love, Jagai, Pablo Moses, Rastafari. It was great talking to Pablo Moses. But let's come back to Australia. Can you imagine a boutique festival combining environmental talks and good music? Earth Station, a new festival in South Australia, is happening in just a few weeks from now. I asked festival director Ian Scurby, what is Earth Station. Yeah, well, it, it's a new festival that uh, has grown out of the Wome Adelaide Festival that we present in March, and it's a festival that really brings together a range of uh, issues related to environmental sustainability uh, and presents them in a festival context where there's there's a forum for both performance at one side, but also uh, discussion about the range of issues. Uh, really af- affecting the planet and we've pulled that program together with the help of the Environment Institute and the Wentworth Group in terms of finding appropriate both scientists and 
uh, environmentalists and political activists in the discussion program. We're calling that the Planet Talks. Uh, and, and added to that, we have two stages where performances will alternate throughout the weekend. And they're not, they're not performances about the environment, but they are performances and performances by artists that we think will really be a, create a conducive and rather contemplative environment to, to the range of discussions going on. Okay, and it's uh, not far away, I guess three or four weeks. Um, what's the date? It's the 21st to the 23rd of October, so you're right, only a few weeks away. Um, and it's in, uh, we're, we're staging it in a beautiful national park area that's about half an hour just uh, southeast of the city. Um, and people can, if they want to, they can camp there. We've got a campground at the far end of the park, uh, an area called Long Gully, very pristine. Uh, and as the name implies, it's, it's this beautiful gully or gorge with natural bushland on either side um, and a campground at the far end for those who, who do want to be residential and for people who want to commute, there's, there's a, um, a bu- shuttle bus and train service from the city. How long does it take to get in from Adelaide? Uh, it probably takes you about uh, 25 to 30 minutes. Oh, that sounds convenient. Yeah, so and, it's a uh, bit like Kalamunda, I suppose. From a Perth perspective, yeah. How on earth did you get permission to chuck a music festival in a national park? <laughs> well, it's taken some time, I can tell you. We we spent a lot of time looking at different places, uh, and the department, the, the national park, is run by the Department of Environment and Natural Heritage here in South Australia, and we have a relationship with them already through uh, the Botanic Gardens of Adelaide, which is where we present Wom Adelaide. Um, and so really that was the first people we went to to sort of find a location that was both pristine but also had some some public infrastructure in it, so power, water, roads to get there, etc., etc. Um, and, you know, they were very keen because they're mindful of, of bringing in an audience or a patrons who maybe haven't been to the park in a long time or, or maybe who have never been to it. Um, and so it's another way for people to to appreciate the park and... You know, we're, we're not presenting ACDC. It is yeah, sure. a festival about environmental issues, so they can see that both both the event and, and the audience are fairly uh, sympathetic to to the ambitions of the National Park Service. Sounds like a great idea to me. So I want to ask you, what are you really excited about on the program? Uh, I think, uh, well, a couple of things. I think Kronos Quartet doing Sun Rings, that, to me that is a... It's a fabulous piece. It's never been performed in the outdoors before. It's a work that was commissioned, interestingly enough, by NASA. It uses, it's a, written, a score by Terry Riley using sounds from deep space captured from the Voyager uh, space um, explorer. And so, so you're listening to a score taken from sounds that are millennia old. Uh, and it's a contemplative piece really about the nature of the extent of the universe and man's relatively insignificant part within that, and and so a really good way to to begin a weekend to, that is that is essentially a, a series of uh, contemplative discussions about uh, you know our environment with the planet and how we have a st- sustainable future together. Uh, and I think um, a number of the discussions will be really exciting. Um, a guy called um, Stephen Picard, who's associate president professor of the School of Earth and Environmental Science at Queen's College, I think will be really fascinating to hear. Um, 
Bruce Tom, who's uh, one of the part of the Wentworth group, uh, Kate Blanchett and Andrew Upton are going to be joining us. And also, I think, in the performance program, um, some really ex- extraordinary musicians, Chumani Diabate, uh, Abdullah Ibrahim, wonderful jazz pianist from South Africa, uh, will really have a, a creator an eclectic mix of, of music to, if you like, think and discuss by. So where can people get more information about the festival? Uh, uh, the best thing is to go to the website, which is uh, just earthstationfestival, in one word, .com.au, and information about it and the ability to buy tickets and everything is, is all there. Okay, well, thank you very much, Ian Scobie. A pleasure. Thank you. That was Ian Scobie, Director of Earth Festival. Yo, they're mashing up the earth, yo. Bless he who seat up on Zion and bless us all from bountiful place. Mama Earth, Earth, sky and sea, man, woman and child. Earth determined alongside Jonic. Savona production. Cross the board. We start reaching to the heights. Like a child in a mother Yes, we need you right now But we no longer TJ So why are Mr. Savona playing at Earth Station? <laughs> That's a good question, I guess, for idea. Well, you know why they play at any festival. Um, but, uh, you know, this is particularly a festival that interests us, you know, with its ethical basis. The fact that WOMAD... Um, is involved, which, you know, straight away is going to guarantee it's going to be a great festival, well put together and with a really interesting lineup. And then, um, you know, ultimately with the music that we make, we want to be able to rock a crowd and, you know, create good energy and get get, get a good vibe happening. And so, you know, um, it's rarely rare that I'll turn down a festival appearance if I get offered something as good as this. So, yeah, for all those reasons and more. Um, and, then, you know, it's its debut year this year, so that's something that's, uh, you know, really interests us. But uh, it seems like there's also a bit of an environmental message in your in your recent album, Warn the Nation. Absolutely. Uh, so I saw the connection there. Um, can you tell me about why you made Warn the Nation and why you put that message in there? Uh, sure. Well, um, you know, we're living in pretty interesting times and, um, you know, I think it's, you know, becoming more and more obvious to the, to the world where it doesn't matter what country you live in, that the way that... We're living the energy we're using, you know, the technology we that's at our disposal at the moment is like pretty archaic and totally unsustainable. And um, the whole way we live, really, you know, although there's like great changes happening in pockets of people doing wonderful things, generally the governments of our world are way behind. And you know, there's some very big vested interests, um, you know, that are dead set against any significant changes really happening anytime soon. So. I mean, Jamaica's an island and they, they understand, you know, the, the, that global warming is affecting them as much as anyone else. And, you know, obviously in Australia, we can see signs of global, global warming everywhere, even in the Melbourne's weather over the last even you know, cold generally. Few, few weeks. And um, so, yeah, I mean, to cut a long story short, like the artists, are, you know, that are, this was, it was basically my second trip to Jamaica, actually. I've been there again earlier this year, but... um. Um, that album came out of my second trip and I just decided that, you know, rather than 
um, you know, going down the track of more commercial songs and so forth. I mean, there's plenty of people doing all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to do something a little bit different, and the artists really into the concepts, into my music, and were totally happy, you know, to um, jump to that idea. So the album's kind of unified by it's like, you know, interest in like social issues as well as environmental issues. But the great thing about Jamaican artists is they're actually able to get these messages across in a way that you know can. Um, work in a club or a dance floor, and it doesn't ever come across as preachy. You know what I mean? They have um, yeah. such power, and um, yeah, they can they can be morally serious without sounding stupid. Yeah, totally. Like it's totally not a preachy album. And the title "War on the Nation" is actually a tribute to Yabby Yu, who um, is an amazing vocalist back in the seventies in Jamaica, and has a song of that name. And actually passed away at the time that I was finishing the album, and it just seemed to an appropriate title, you know, for for um, for the times, and that kind of ties the album together. Beautiful layback tracks on the album, as well as some more anthemy types. You know, um, I'm sure you'll give the listeners a chance to hear some of the songs in your radio show. But um, yeah, Burabanton's song "Clean Air, Clean Country." You know, it's like it's quite joyful in a way, even though the lyrics are dealing with pollution and and um, you know the problems of global warming. All right. Well, thanks very much for talking to Understory. No worries. And now let's give the final word for today to Buru Banton. Fetch and Buru Banton appealing to them. Yeah, man. Why do I deal with Mother Earth, so? Mass destruction. Global warming. Yeah, man. Them a kill off man. Them a kill off woman. Birds in the bees. The fishes in the seas. I wonder them a time when needed for stop. Yeah. Around the globe, man. Yeah, man. Clean air, clean country. Anywhere we walk, globally. Veteran Borobantan appealing to them. Yeah, man. Straight across the board.